I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast, your favorite podcast to talk about sex, sexy things, relationships. Yes. All the in-betweens. Fantasies. Sometimes finances. Just kidding. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) We're coming to you with an episode on finance. It's about banking. And (laughs) I just literally fell asleep. Just in the couch. That's a different podcast. If you want to listen to that, go somewhere else. But if you want to learn about sex (laughs) and relationships and all the trials, tribulations, fun and in-betweens, then this is your spot. Are you reading our from our website right now? Yes, I am. And (laughs) no, I'm actually not. This episode is with repeat guest, return guest Naomi Slater. We're talking about fantasies this time. And she's specifically kind of gearing it towards relationships. And we've discussed this, that it can apply to one night stands to casual sex. So uh, because sharing fantasies can just be hot and help you have better sex. I think I need to up my costume collection and or I need to refresh some of my accents that I want to uh, bust out in my fantasies. Oh, yeah. Tell your listeners that didn't like April's accents and all the. (laughs) I haven't done any. No, she has not lately. But uh, we had a couple reviews on iTunes. Speaking of, if you have not reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, please go do so. It helps us get our message out there so if you love us and you're a true fan go and do that give us five stars just do an emoji or something or if you just like us a lot or if you like us a lot you know you don't have to love you get a like whatever if you hate us just move on there's lots of podcasts out there's there. there's plenty of them the financial ones the, the fin- finances yeah. go, to, go to the financials <laughs> yeah exactly and um so the, we used to do this thing where she would read reviews actually we haven't done this in a while we should do this again because it's pretty fun they are funny people liked it we'd re- read reviews in specific accents that you would request and someone's like i don't like the but you, i have to get some some context before so i can practice the accent yeah exactly and i did do, go to some acting school and you have a really good mid- midwestern accent also because you're from wisconsin mm-hmm, that's it, true it's fun when it comes out you have some wine like oh where's your wisconsin yeah. showing there it is <laughs> so anyways fantasies and relationships and beyond before we dive into this podcast we are going to uh well not before we're going to give a little teaser at the end of the show but just so you know a little information about this. We're calling it a teaser. You know you like to be teased. You know mm-hmm. you like it. And it's also known as a trailer. Or um, what's the other? Sizzla. Sizzla. A sizzla. It's a sizzla. The, the sizzle, sizzle reel? It's sizzle a sizzle reel. reel. For a, I think that's when it's in video. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is like really a teaser or a trailer. Um, and it's at the end of this episode. We will be doing this for the next couple of weeks because we are part of an awesome podcast network called Pleasure Podcast. And this particular teaser is with cocktails dirty discussions and these are with two badass women and they were on episode 187 anal sex fuck boys and sex stories which is in our That's top good 10 one. that was a fun episode that was so much fun they're amazing they have a, i think they have a really incredible online presence they they're, are, I, mean, they, they're, I think they have all of their shows on youtube, YouTube yeah. and they're really i've watched at least two like 
clips and some uh, full episodes and they drink the whole time and yeah. they have cocktail. They have like recipes. Yes. In the beginning, they're like, so this is the cocktail we're drinking I love right that. now. And then they talk about sex and dating. We should get a little bit more creative with our cocktails. <sighs> we need a bartender here. Yes, we do. In our studio. <laughs> so that our dogs didn't have thumbs. Bartender. Damn it. Oh yeah. Good thing we got rid of the dogs today because um, they would be ruining the episode. So stay tuned. Don't go away at the end so you can listen to this sizzler, this teaser. All right. Y'all ready for a sex question? I am ready and I don't know it. All right, here we go. Surprise! How can I get my wife to experiment in prostate play without weirding her out? I mentioned it before, but she's not that into it and I'm afraid that she'd look at me differently if I buy a masturbator. Please help. Hmm. So I, when I read this, this is their words, masturbator, I was like, huh. Did you change anything? No. I When I read masturbator, I was like, I, I feel like when I think of masturbator, I think of like the hot octopus pulse. Something that goes on your solo. penis. Yeah. I would think that. But they're well. talking about anal masturbator. Hmm. I think is my assumption. Okay. So they're talking about prostate play. So I, I, I think they're talking, I mean, I guess you could say in a narrow toys so mm-hmm. like the mgx or the helix by Aneros is a masturbator it's an anal masturbator because hmm. you can use it on your own right i i could I, well if i had a prostate i could put in a in a Aneros toy put it in my ass and then i can masturbate with my cock and my balls or my nipples or whatever i'm into and then have orgasms and when i have orgasms you know the intention is hopefully that that uh, prostate stimulator massages my prostate as I orgasm because of the clenches of what's happening in my pelvic floor. Or when I have the prostate stimulator in, I can tighten and release, you know, clench, release, do do uh, pelvic floor exercises or Kegel, Kegel exercises. And then it in itself could be a masturbator for my prostate. Hmm. So it's a new, uh, when I read this, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. It's like prostate masturbation. Well, this is the thing. Sex it's it's an open book of things and it can always change and i didn't think of masturbation in that way either but i'm i'm happy to reframe how i well, thinking about it. So fun story about someone that you and I know, and I won't share their name, but I do know someone who is a penis owning individual who used to masturbate and maybe still does sometimes this day to this day and likes to put things in their ass. Yeah. Uh, and so like, that's a part of masturbation. And so like, we think of masturbation as being like cocks, clits, all the in-betweens, but maybe not an ass. Like you might masturbation might not be putting a finger in your ass, but it actually can be. So a sex toy in your ass could be masturbation. Why not? Yeah. Um, so, but they're also saying though they want to experiment with it with a partner. So when I think of masturbation, I think of solo play. Right. But there also is mutual masturbation. Right. So that's why this gets really complicated. But at any rate, let's go back to the original question. How do I introduce prostate play to my partner? I'm interested in this thing, and I don't want to weird my partner out by saying I'm interested in experimenting with and prostate it play. Says that they've mentioned it before, but she's not into it, and they don't want to be looked at differently which i guess if the partner is just in, in it, like i don't want to see you masturbate that's a whole different conversation but i'm wondering if that was the case or if it was we could take the conversation outside the bedroom we always yeah. say that yeah uh and have a conversation about it maybe uh ask when she's ready to have a conversation hey i want to bring this thing up because it's really important to me and i'd love for us to explore this together. And maybe if it was a mutual masturbation session, it would take some of the pressure off of having to watch someone else masturbate. I personally can understand. I wouldn't want to watch 
my partner masturbate, I'd be like, can I join you if you, we want to masturbate? Are you going to be into it? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's so hot. I'm like, yeah, wank, wank yourself. Get it. Get it. I don't think it's, <laughs> I, it's not that I don't think it's, it's, it doesn't like. I'm not judging you. No, no. Yeah. I just, I think that I would want to participate with myself mm, yeah selfish well, i'm just selfish i mean i might so i might be like wink yourself but then i'm like touching myself too or like i'm gonna whip up my vibrator so right. i might like bring it into that zone but but like i i find i get turned on by watching the energy behind my part I, i'm more turned on by watching my partner touch themselves by just them you know them being a naked person uh, but that's just me and I'm a different person. And, you know, for so, and I, and I get that. I think that every different strokes for different folks. Yeah. And, and it can be weird or awkward. Like he, he like, or this person saying that um, they don't want to weird her out. And maybe you can just address that in the conversational piece. Like, Hey, if it gets awkward or weird, I don't know. Don't pick up your phone, but well, let's just talk about it. And the thing they're saying is that the partner's not into it. So you're afraid that she will look at your partner will look at you differently. If you get a masturbator, cause you're so maybe I'm now, now that I'm thinking about this, you're saying I'm going to, okay, I'm going to take matters into my own hands or ask you and your puns. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Um, thanks Ian Stratton I can say that because he's been on our show he's the pun master yes he is so anyway so you're saying what if I so what if I go get something for my prostate and I go do it on my own but I don't, don't want to weird her out because she's not into it so it's like okay apparently she's not into it so it's not for us to do together so now I'm still into it though so I want to do it on my own and you don't need in my opinion you don't need permission to go and masturbate however you There's want. no consent involved in that because you're you consenting your, by yourself. It's you and your bits. Now, if you have to hide it and you're feeling uncomfortable because you share a home or a, a bedroom or whatever that looks like, maybe you can have your own special time where it's not shameful. You're yeah. like, yo, this I need my, my special time. time. Yeah. And this is, there's a do not disturb sign that I'm going to put a on. Sock it can on be the a, door. Yeah, a sock <laughs> or a post-it note that says, Baiton in session. <laughs> Baiton yeah. University is going on. Bait Central going on right here. Do not disturb. You have like one of those little timers that shows you like, I will be back at yes, this, like yes. two o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> like the, the, the room is closed. The room is closed until then. And but you probably would want to have a conversation because I'm assuming that you all live together and you're you're worried about weirding your partner out. And my the first thought that comes to mind around that the weirding part is that they already have a judgment that you'd be into prostate play. Um, so that, and that's their own, their own thing. Um, and your jam is your jam. And I've worked with clients. We've had podcast episodes with this actual episode talks a little bit about this, about having your fantasies and how they are yours. And that it doesn't mean you have to explore them with partners and it's okay because it's your spank bank material. It's personal to you or your own sexual exploration material. And your partner doesn't have to join you. Like your partner does not have to hang out while you have an aneros in your ass or, if, you know, put their own finger in your ass. And they can also be supportive for you to explore that on your own. There's nothing wrong with you for doing that, but it's a, a space to create safety around you being able to do that on your own because it's your right. It's your body. And you could also leave post-it notes all over the house <laughs> that say all the benefits of prostate play and see if they respond to those. Uh, exhibit A. <laughs> yes. Uh, or the, good the ultimate health. guide to prostate play. Yeah. Just randomly have it on the as a coffee table book. Or all the post-its just have notes for all the shameless sex episodes on yes. prostate play. There you go. Which or like you just play it in the background when they come home from... Boris Andrews in yes. the background. 
Yes. And you're just playing the episode and like, hmm, did you just hear what they said about the Super O? That sounds like a drive-by. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I'm not into that one. That's a, a little, I don't know about that one. Um, but I like what you're thinking, Chip. That's cute. The post-it. Go with the post-its. Go with the post-its. Uh, you could engage with questions. Do you know what a Super O is? Yeah. There you well, go. Okay. That brings uh, so one, one another good point. <laughs> Why is your partner not into it? Not with you. It's trying to manipulate them. Be like, you should be into it. Why aren't you into it? What's wrong with you? More so like, what about it makes you uncomfortable? Is it about you watching me do this? Us engaging in this together? Is the idea of me doing it on my own uncomfortable for you? Why? If so, why? You be, because I think a lot of people think if you're into a thing that we don't do together, you must not love me. You must not like right. me. I must not be enough, which I think we address a little bit of that in this episode, which is not exactly true i mean plenty of people are into things that have nothing to do with their partner yeah and their partner just like esther pearl says may not be able to meet all of their needs and it doesn't mean that we need to go and rep- like in this episode with naomi repress them put them replace on them the back burner yeah, yeah replace them pretend like they don't exist but we need to have safety to explore them to some degree within the integrity of our relationship and if it's putting things in your ass that are anal safe we really recommend anything by Aneros, and we have plenty of episodes. If you look up Forrest Andrews or Aneros on our website, you can find three to four of them. He's amazing. And Plex with Flex, too, is good. It has the, a remote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From the, Hot Octopus. Oh, yeah. I actually one found one in my drawer the other day. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's in drawers in multiple houses. You can use it as a vaginal plug, too, that mm-hmm. vibrates. Hey. It's good for all the purposes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to try all these toys, everyone, go to purepleasureshop.com. Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX. You get 15% off. And you do you and... You also have conversations with your partner if that feels safe for you. And we have plenty of episodes on how to communicate honestly and openly in a way that's not blaming and shaming. But please don't closet or hide who you really are and what you're really into as long as it's consensual because this is you and you deserve to put things in your ass if you want to. And we'll have a book too next year that will Talks be a all great about teaser. All right. <laughs> are you ready for a bio? I want a sizzle. All right. Naomi Slater is an experienced intimacy and relationship coach, yoga teacher, and bioenergy therapist, and is the host of the Divine Couples podcast, where she explores conscious sexuality. Naomi's passion is helping others heal their relationships and reclaim their power, pleasure, and passion. To learn more, visit divinecouples.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with repeat guest Naomi Slater, and we are here to talk about fantasies within relationships. Now, this might be, you know, your definition of a relationship, it's up to you. Maybe it's been two days. Maybe it's a one-night stand. Maybe it's a long-term relationship. Maybe you're married. I don't know. I think we're going to talk talking more about, like, partnered. Maybe you, like, know each other a little bit better here, and... I don't know. I've shared some fantasies with some new partners where I'm like, hey, we have about five hours to Sometimes be together. Sometimes you have nothing to lose. <laughs> You're like, why not? Like, yeah, let me I, tell I you about all, all the things I'm going to do. I don't care what you think. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, without further ado, you heard, heard a little bit about Naomi in the bio. And Naomi, can you please tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about fantasies. So yeah, so I started out actually uh, after I was already married with two kids and we started experiencing some difficulty sexually in our relationship. I had totally lost my libido. I was not really so interested in sex. I still wanted to be with my partner, but I was not really in the mood. 
and my partner started to to practice tantra and i was resisting i didn't really want to join in but eventually i realized that this issue is not going to go away and that sexuality is something really important in relationship if you're going to have a healthy happy relationship you want to be having healthy sex so eventually we went through this process together which was both each of us really exploring our sexuality with our own selves and then kind of bringing that together and exploring together and deepening our connection and um that was essentially what led me to become a tantra practitioner and to really work with couples and women uh helping them to really unleash their sexuality explore their sexuality deepen their passion um and uh, yeah it really is my passion to do this work yeah and you're good at it this is your second time <laughs> on the show and i've known naomi for a while like at least 13 years we found out um when i lived in israel and uh you're an amazing human and so is your partner and um yeah thank you for coming back and oh, talking about fantasies you. yeah the, fantasies are, are i think something that can apply to everyone even if you're a little bit timid about it, which I have been because I have these fantasies that I've only kept in my head a lot of times, right? That I'm like, I can't share this share with anyone. But then I shared it on the podcast because it's a shameless sex. But I right. was, I wasn't ashamed, but I was always almost embarrassed, right? Like, I don't know, what, what will they think? So my question though, is what are some of the other reasons people avoid sharing fantasies with their partners? Yeah. So there are lots of reasons. One is that some people's fantasies involve other people. And if you're in a relationship, that might be really triggering to your partner because maybe that's something that they don't, you know, really know how to uh how to deal with. If you're, you know, fantasizing about another woman or another man or a threesome or whatever it might be. So that's that's one reason. Of course, anger, jealousy, insecurities that people might feel you know hearing their partner's fantasies that might you know really piss you off you might feel really insecure you know that your partner wants to be with someone else that can make you feel really really uncomfortable and maybe just insecure about the relationship in general and of course what you said april in, in terms of feeling ashamed and guilty about our fantasies um which is i think is very interesting because oftentimes our fantasies will include aspects of guilt and feeling ashamed because that's actually what the tur the turn on is in that you know kind of this guilty feeling uh that it's you know you're being naughty or you're doing something that you're not supposed to do will actually create the turn on um oftentimes not always sexy taboo well, I, and we mm -hmm. both we've shared this on our podcast many times we both have some taboo fantasies that turn us on it doesn't necessarily mean we want to act on them some of them we might i mean there's a an array of them and i can't on the step fantasy nope no or me with the rape fantasy i'm yeah. not interested no. in in acting that out i'm not even interested in role playing that and some people might be interested in role playing it um, i'm pretty sure most people that have a rape fantasy don't want to be raped so mm -hmm. just you know just a disclaimer about that that like i think that's a good example though of how our spank bank can just be our spank bank mm -hmm. um, or the things that we want to actually do in role play might differ from what we actually want to experience in life outside of that. So there's this diverse array of experiencing fantasy, sexual connection, um, and we'll get into like, you know, well, actually, let's just dive right into the next piece here. So 
Yep. Um, so why is expressing or playing with fantasies more helpful than repressing them? Um, and like, why, why is it more important or, or helpful? I would say to share this with partners, uh, as opposed to withholding them, like April was talking about earlier, like not sharing with the world. Yeah. So I think that repressing them is essentially repressing emotions that we have in our system. And the more that we repress our emotions, the less you know, authentic our relationships will be, the more inhibition we'll, we'll experience in our relationships. So it's not that we have to share all of our fantasies with our partner. We can, of course, keep some of them to ourselves. But if we're keeping all of our fantasies off the table with our partner, we're hiding aspects of ourselves, which essentially creates some sort of a disconnect between us and our partner. Yeah. And, and that over time really leads to kind of feeling unfulfilled in the relationship. Furthermore, fantasies are really a window into our erotic world. And the more that we can really connect to our fantasies and kind of understand them a bit more deeply, we understand what our turn-ons are. And, and April, what you said about, you know, you have this rape fantasy, that doesn't mean that you want to be raped. Yes, of me. course. Yeah, April, April's a oh, step sorry, fantasy. sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a rape fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She's got the step parent fantasy right, right. thing. Yeah. Step parent, yeah. odd one, yeah. odd one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, my actually, mine's actually more common. Um, and and I remember, I think Chris Ryan talked about that, right? It's like a pretty common mm -hmm. fantasy. Uh, and April's still, I would, I would say it's less common. And yet, like, look at all the step porn that's online. Like, it's actually not that uncommon. I had a MILF thing for a long time growing up, like a MILF, like I would watch MILF porn. Like you want to have sex with the MILF? I, I just like watching MILFs not have sex. Oh. <laughs> Oh, nice. I don't know what it was. <laughs> and then I explored the guilt thing. I was like, oh, no, no, that's that's not it. <laughs> no, that, not it's that milk. one. Just milk. Yeah, just yeah. milk. So, so anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, so I also have, I had a, I, I kind of set up the stage for a fantasy with my, with my partner not so long ago. And I have this fantasy of him, of me watching him be with another woman. Now, is this fantasy, it's never actually happened, not to say that it couldn't, but is this a fantasy that I actually want to experience? The truth is, is I'm not sure, but I really, really enjoyed the role play of pretending that I was a woman that I knew that he wanted. And it was a turn on for both of us, but you have to, you have to be kind of willing to get over your insecurities of your partner wanting someone else in order to be able to kind of step into that role. Yeah. So what you're talking about, because we've done episodes on cuckolding, you're is, and I'm not going to say. I it's, think it's a cuck queen, cuck a cuck cuck a cuck queen, cuck queen, cuck queen. So That's you would it. be like, you would be. So instead of being the a cuckold, which is the you know you generally a penis owning partner in a heterosexual relationship, watching their vulva owning partner getting fucked or or having sex with someone else, the the opposite side would be, or or another version of this would be the female cuckold. Would so you're a cuck queen. Mm. Ooh! Just so you know, that's a nice term. It took us a while to learn about this week because this is something that this is new to us. Yeah, we've got I'm not multiple familiar. people on our podcast. Yeah. yeah. So now you have a. If you want to take on the name, <laughs> yeah. And so, so my question about that is, um, and we'll get into some tips on how to share that. But mm -hmm. is your definition of this uh, someone who wants who has a fantasy about watching your partner have sex with someone else, another woman? I think is what you said. Is this something that you want to actually act out or is it something that you want to just talk about or um, or like maybe do some sort of light role play? Like what how, how does that resonate with you? 
So for me personally, I feel like actually living out the fantasy with him without actually doing it, you know, for real satisfies that part of me. I don't feel like I need to at this point in my life go any further than that. That's, I think, what the beauty of part of what the beauty of sharing our fantasies with our partner does is that instead of feeling like we have to actually go live it out, you know, with another person or whatever that might be you're able to kind of live it out with your partner. And that creates this kind of feeling of satisfaction, which I think is amazing. It it brings this kind of new sense of passion into the relationship. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes there could be scenarios where you actually do act them out. Like you may have this fantasy about a threesome, right? And not, not only watching, but participating. And then maybe your partner's like, I'm so down. And then you end up having a threesome and in the middle of it, you could be like, wow, this should have just remained a fantasy because I didn't, I'm not as into it as I thought I was going to be. And that's okay. Because if you do end up acting it out, because I, there's been times where I've uh, had fantasies and I've ended up acting them out. And I was like, Oh no, this is not really what I'm into. Check that box. That's done. (laughs) So, So, which brings me to a question about sharing with your partner. When you want to share these fantasies in what ways can we do that? Do we need like a, uh, a whiteboard or like a PowerPoint presentation with a laser pointer. We're like, we need a mediator. Yeah. What, 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 how should we go about this? Yeah. So there are a couple of ways. There's one way that I really like, which first requires you to write down one of your peak sexual experiences in your life. So think about a real sexual experience that you had that really, really turned you on and write about it in full detail. And then You can kind of read what you wrote and understand from that, you know, what are some of the the elements of that peak encounter that you can maybe bring into your relationship? Um, And if if it's the first time that you're doing it, of course, you want to try something that won't be very, very triggering for your partner. Uh, Maybe it was, you know, that, that the person was scratching your back, you know, and your partner doesn't do that. And that's something that you fantasized about or, or that, you know, you experienced that in your peak uh, experience. So you could start with that. So kind of picking it apart and finding aspects of it that you can bring into your relationship. I like that. So I, I would also offer a PowerPoint presentation just, <laughs> just for the sake of doing Wait, one. Wait, did you do that once? I did. She did do I that did. once. Not for fantasies, oh, but my. for things that I wanted to have so in my relationship. A, a, a four. We were happy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to where we are right now. Remember this picture when we were super happy? Anyway, I like that. I, well, I think that the well, PowerPoint. No, no, I, I like the PowerPoint, but I bet so you, you wrote things down before you got really clear. This yeah. wasn't particularly about fantasies, but like right the process of writing out your fantasies one in itself can probably sexy like i mean imagine if i would sit there and actually write out like amy's ultimate you know like rape fantasy that i again as i said i don't want to even do role play in that but that's just me not judging people who want to do that but that would turn me on Mm -hmm. because i use that in my spank bank and you can read it like erotica to your partner oh yeah or 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 i can you can so you can share it with your partner but of course that you kind of have to feel comfortable enough to be able to read out because again this is a real experience that you're writing down and then from that real experience which was a peak sexual experience for you, you can understand a bit more about your erotic nature and your fantasies. 
So it's not, it's not necessarily writing out your fantasies. It's writing out, like thinking, okay, can you think about a time where you had the most amazing sex? You were so turned on and so hot and you just, there was so much passion there. Okay. So what was it about that experience that created that reaction within you, that created that arousal, that erotic nature to really come alive? And then when you write that out, you can really identify what fantasies you have. And that you can share with your partner. Okay. So, so it can okay. be role play. It can be perhaps dominance and submission. It can be sexy talk. It can be pretending that you're strangers in a bar and you can actually do this. And then go That's and have sex one. in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Although my germophobia just I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like fucking in the bathroom. I take a long time to warm up. I'd be more like make out in the bathroom and like be like it's maybe like, some grabby grabby, but like you can do that too. Look, you take it where yeah. you want it to go. Yeah. But I feel like airplane, uh, like it'd be hot on an airplane, but the bathrooms are so damn small. No. You know what I once you know airplane, what I, I don't think on, so. <laughs> what I once did on an airplane, I have to out this. So I, on, once on an airplane, I have well, I have two really good airplane stories. But I they, know one of them. And then actually not fantasies. Like I never thought about this before. I don't give a fuck about the mile high club. It's never been in my spank bank. But one um uh commercial airline that I was on is a commercial airline. And for some reason I was in some seats that had this curtain. I don't know why it had a curtain over our area. I don't know why. And the partner I was with at the time, this was many years ago. I think I, I think I had a vibrator on me. I think there was a vibrator in there. Like, and it was just two seats. There with a curtain, but I'm pretty sure I definitely maybe possibly vibrated in the seat. So um, don't sue me. I won't tell you the airline. I can't control for that. It happened a long time ago. And, I'm looking for a curtain. And the other, the other curtain curtains. story I've shared, it's not a fantasy having sex with a pilot while he's flying the plane. No big deal. But it was just a two-seater plane. But that was, but those are not spank. Like when I think back to them, they don't really turn me on. They're not what you're talking about. This like ultimate peak experience. They're like cool stories, but yeah. they're not like my ultimate peak experiences are like, you know, getting bent over on someone's knee in a naughty little schoolgirl outfit and being told that if I'm a bad girl, I'm going to be punished with probably like an anal plug in my ass. And that's really hot to me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that tells you a lot about your fantasies. It's not the airplane. <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. What if Amy says this to her partner and and what if they're uncomfortable with with mm -hmm. hearing this? Like what if she feels comfortable enough to share this. And then, um, and exploring is different, but what, what do we do if our partners shut down or, or get, or, they're like, that's weird. Or they, they start running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, what you could do is ask them, okay, so what are your fantasies? You know, maybe you think mine are weird. What are yours? You know, why don't you share with me? And, uh, and then you can kind of start to flesh them out a bit because everybody has fantasies. The, the, the question is if they're willing to actually share them. I have a question because what you're saying, the willing part. So I have a question about that to piggyback on April's question. We have received sex questions from listeners who are like, my partner wants to hear my fantasies. I just freeze up. I don't know what they are. I have no, I have no clue. So like, mm -hmm. they go blank. Um, and so what would your advice be for, uh, this would be a two-part question, for that person as well as the partner who wants to ask the questions? You know, obviously they can't be pressured. Like, Tell me your fantasies. Yeah. Um, and that, but like, so what would your advice be for those two people? Yeah. So there's a, a much easier way to kind of start exploring fantasies. And it's through asking two questions. One is, what do you want to do to me? So asking your partner, what is it you want to do to me? And for a lot of people, that can be a very strange question. Maybe they don't know. <laughs> and the other question is, what do you want me to do to or for you? So this is kind of a way to, to kind of 
ease into exploring our desires and fantasies in a way that might not be so triggering. And then, of course, when you get answers to those questions, you create consent. So just because my partner wants to do something to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm ready for him to do that. Maybe there are parts of it that I'm not ready to do, or but there are other things that I can do, or maybe I'm willing to do half of what he wants you know, to do. Um, so you create consent through mm-hmm. asking these questions. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah it's like consent, per- you know, permission, not just like you have to do this thing with me right now. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of create some scenarios here. So like, what if scenarios? The first one is going to be more related to a partner who is a yes, and they're like, I want, I'm open to exploring this fantasy. So I want to try role play as a, a student who gets hit on by my hot Pilates teacher. So what are and my partners? Are yes. They're like, fuck yeah, let's try that. That sounds great. Or like, let's explore that. Talk about that more. What are some ways that we can start to actually do the role play part of this? Well, oh, I and mean, by the way, I want to say this, even though we know it's problematic, we're not saying that yoga teachers or Pilates teachers should have hit on their students. So I just got to say that part. <laughs> again, again, this is coming back to the whole idea of feeling guilt and shame around our fantasies. And sometimes those fantasies that we have, part of what makes them erotic for us is the fact that there's guilt and shame in them. So, mm-hmm. so that's totally fine uh, if, you know, to create that kind of a fantasy, which might not be appropriate, but it doesn't matter. So, you know, this, this is part of essentially acting out our fantasies with, with someone that we feel safe with uh, and of course, creating consent around that. So if there's a full body yes to doing that, then of course you just go into role play. You know, you have one person, you know, you have to maybe uh, take some acting lessons or. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm so bad at acting. April will be, April will be so good at this. this is like her jam. Yeah, I could use some accents for days. <laughs> so accents can work for sure. Costumes are super important. Yeah. So we've done some role play where, um, where I will actually set up the scene. So there's a scene to be set. I put costumes on the bed. I create, you know, atmosphere. I put on some music. So there is a lot to be said for really um, paying attention to the details. So if you want to really throw yourself into a fantasy world, you need to change things. You know, you can't just keep things as they are and expect this fantasy to, to really come to life. So if you want it to come to life, you need attention to detail, costumes. Um, like you said, changing your voice a bit, changing even your personality and going for it. It sounds so fun to me, actually. Yeah. You'd be so good at this. I this know. Is like your, totally your jam. I'm, yeah, I'm envisioning you like you know a night in yeah. Paris. And, oh my God. And yeah. She, yeah. Not, and even like, though it's like super cliche, you know, like a little French made outfit or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> But that sounds so, I I mean, I love a beret. <laughs> yeah, you two wore one the <laughs> other day. I wore one the other good. day. I was like, hello, my French just come out. Okay, so. Well, and one, oh. what, I just want to add one thing about that too is... um. For at least for me, not taking it too seriously. And I think Midori oh, said that before yeah. is like adult the, play. Adult is play. Yeah, adult play is what she said. And you're talking about costumes. And I think Midori was saying like Batman and Catwoman or yeah. something. And but like, <laughs> you know, if it's like feels ridiculous for me, sometimes the role play thing, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a terrible actor. Or you show up with a pizza box like I want to fuck the pizza delivery yeah. person. <laughs> and then the, you show up to with the with a dildo and in a the box yeah. in the box. Well, that's, of just, a pizza. that's like adding play. But she also was talking about like, it's OK if it's awkward and, you know, and kind of clunky. And I think I talked on the podcast about when I was the um, I role played a, a sex worker from Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. But I'm not good with accents. Like mm-hmm. if April was that she would be doing like some Dutch accent. 
accent, she'd be really great at it or something. Or like, I don't know. I mean, it's not I'd just go Dutch people that Russian, are working probably. Like, just, yeah, Russian. Okay. So for me, I'm not good with accents. So I was uh, actually a woman from California named Callie. That was my my sex worker name who was in the red light district welcoming my partner in there and like, you know, gave them a bath. And then, and that just felt more natural to me that I could take on this role that fit me. And if, it, and then at times I would just laugh and this is ridiculous. And then once he came over, he's like, I need to, I need to do a, a, a rebuttal or like, you know, meet you where you're at. And he showed up with a, a tool belt on and a massage table and he was nothing else, just the tool belt. So his ass was out. Yeah, he was, and so he was the, construct, the construction worker was like, excuse me, ma'am, do you need something to be fixed in your house? And then ended up actually using some of the tools on me, just saying. So, Whoa, wow. Like, yeah, that sounds um, painful. No, no, no. OK, not not sharp ones, <laughs> not sharp ones, although you can do. Like you can drag them on the skin of an arm. Yeah, there's various things. You can do. I'm not talking about like a saw or something. <laughs> okay. Well, I yeah. but I'm relieved. I'm relieved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that the diversity of ways that you can play with it you and adding the sex toys in the tool belt. Yeah, that's yes. what I would do. All kinds Ooh, of different I like ones. That. I think I'd be really good at this. I need to maybe start. Okay, so we need to get you a tool belt. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about threesome fantasy for example okay that's a huge one people love but what if this fantasy is i'm super into it but my partner is not fully a yes mm -hmm. they're open to light explorations or ex like exploring it lightly or variations, some form of variations like cut queening Ooh. yeah so i think i think the cut queening thing did i even say that right i, I think that's I think right so. yeah queen, it's spelled yes cuckold and cut queening yeah, cut queening. So. we're gonna yeah. go with yes cut queen okay yeah. so that's that's like kind of the the light version you know it's 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 non-committal nothing actually really happens where you know where nobody is actually having sex with somebody else but it really is a way to explore how it makes you feel. And I think if it makes you feel uncomfortable, then that's something uh, I think that you should self-reflect on because it's not actually happening. So it's natural for different fantasies and our partner's fantasies to trigger us. The question is, okay, do we then blame our partner for having that fantasy or do we take responsibility for how their fantasy makes us feel? Which is essentially what you want to do. You want to take responsibility for what you feel and say, okay, your fantasy makes me feel really uncomfortable. It makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel like you don't want me anymore. Okay, that's not necessarily your partner's fault. But you can take responsibility for those emotions and share them with your partner. And actually, that will probably make you feel a lot better. As long as your partner doesn't take your feelings personally, right? So if you share your feelings with your partner and they're like, why do you feel that way? You know, it's just a fantasy. Like, why are you getting all worked up about it? No. So the other person that's that's hearing those emotions uh, needs to say, okay, I, I hear you. You know, I understand how it might make you feel, you know, how it might make you feel that way. Uh, and maybe you can still do it. Maybe just kind of venting about how it makes you feel will will help you open up to really experiencing it. And, well, and I, was, I think of the middle ground, especially with threesomes or like some sort of like, or like a gangbang fantasy or something, um, you know, and so say that was really actually like April and I are dating and I really want to do a gangbang fantasy. I want to be gangbang and I want April to put it together and I want her to be part of the gangbang. And April's like, yeah, I'm like somewhat. I would call I'm, Billy Prasida. Yeah, okay. Well, we have the answer to that. Yes. Call Billy Prasida, everyone from the Man Horror Podcast because he can organize gangbangs. <laughs> yes, um, yes. He's pretty good at it. Uh, we have not experienced it, but we've heard good things. But uh, okay, so but I'm so it's important to me, and I actually want to do it. 
April is like, I don't know if I fully want to do it, but I am open to some light exploration. And I think her just actually trying the gangbang when she's not a full yes would be a lot. (laughs) Um, That might be a lot. But like, you know, we watch gangbang porn and we have sex as if we're in that role there. You know, there's other entities and other humans. We hire a cam person or, you know, sex worker of some sort to be a part of the experience. So you're safe because safety is a thing, right? If you're going to explore with other humans, you want to make sure it's safer sex is happening well, there's mm-hmm. body and that, fluids and things all parties comfortable comfortability is yeah, accounted also. for right like if you're like i'm a i'm i'm open to a light exploration but the full gangbangs a lot or take it out of gangbang let's go back to threesomes like even that some people are like it's hot i'm not fully comfortable actually doing this mm-hmm. but i want to stay open to trying some variation of that and i think that there are ways that we can get really creative mm-hmm. uh, of that i don't know maybe get a sex doll i'm not sure like you know there's so so many ways or maybe the three sex dolls are fun yeah, yeah. Uh, you could play with one we I have <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you know that is a fantasy this it goes back to my fantasy of having you know watching my my husband be with another woman but i watched him with a, a sex doll and that was like whoa awesome that, yeah that was actually a really really big turn on for me and it's it's all i i'm discovering this stuff because i'm more open and willing to explore and it hasn't been um you know in the beginning of our of our relationship i think you know, just the thought of him wanting to be with another woman, I think would have really, really uh, angered me and pissed me off and made me feel insecure, but I'm not in that place anymore. And it's been a process. So yeah, there's so many ways to explore this. And there's um, a big difference between, like you said, actually doing it and fantasizing and, and, you know, playing with that fantasy with your partner. So again, I don't know how I would react if we were actually in a threesome and my husband was fucking another woman. I don't know if it would be a turn on for me in reality. It definitely is a fantasy of mine. Will I explore it at some point? Honestly, I really don't know. But right now I'm happy with the role play. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it really does fulfill me on many levels. Time for a quick break to talk about our hands down favorite lube, who also happens to be a sponsor, Uberlube. Uberlube is luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances intimacy, and I actually want it all over my body, y'all. I'm not joking. It's long-lasting, and it leaves my skin feeling really velvety, almost silky, and has no flavor or scent. And April, I've heard you say this, great for oral sex. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they happen to have thousands of doctors and therapists in the U.S. alone recommending Uberlube to their patients for various reasons, including it feels amazing on the skin, it's highly body-friendly, it's less likely to change the pH, and that vitamin E leaves the skin feeling nice and moisturized. Uberlube is not just for sex. It's for massage, you can use it for your hair frizzies, for buffing up your tattoos, and it even prevents chafing. It comes in this gorgeous glass bottle that I love, so the aesthetics are beautiful. It has this easy pump top. You're going to love it. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it shamelessly on your nightstand. Just go to uberlube.com and use discount code SHAMELESS to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. I've been recommending omgs to my clients for years now, and it's completely changed their lives, including that of my own. Omgs utilizes scientific research of real vulvas showing techniques to pleasure the pussy. 
And then they turned the research into tasteful educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. And here's the thing. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Hey, vulva owners, want to transform your own orgasms from good to out of this world? Or vulva admirers, want to up your pussy pleasure skills? Well, you gotta check OMGS out now. OMGS studied more than 20,000 people of all ages from 18 to 95. There are three seasons, this is not a subscription service, and you don't need to download anything. There's external pleasure, internal pleasure, and a season all about sex toys. Your purchase helps fund more research, and it's an incredible gift. Go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. So for me, because I have, I think, some, some triggers around being insecure. Am I enough? If my partner brings us up and really wants to have a threesome uh, and wants to participate and have me watch him fuck another woman, um, I would probably be like, what's, what's wrong with me? Am I not enough? So I think approaching, I like what you mentioned about years ago, you would have been pissed off, but you're in a different place. So in terms of relational security, is it something if you are tend to be a jealous person or you have past wounding that maybe brings up triggers for you? Uh, if someone shared being with other people that you're partnered with, what, I mean, what are the ways, is it just something that should stay in that zone of just talking about it or, and rule out any sort of possible, uh, exploration that's physical, or is it something that you, I mean, how do you work in your relationship to make it secure enough to, to explore these things? So I don't, I don't think that there's any real clear cut answer here. Because I think we kind of live in this illusion that if we stay monogamous, um, you know, if we don't open up the relationship, that things are going to be fine. But that's not true. There's always going to be this element of the third in our relationship, whether we're monogamous or not. And um, there are plenty of monogamous relationships that, of course, break up and they're uh, non-monogamous relationships that that make it work. So it's not that one is going to lead to happiness, happiness, and the other will lead to uh, dread and destruction. It doesn't always work like that. So I think I think a lot of it has to do with creating consent. So I think mm-hmm. if one person feels one way and the other person feels another way, and you just don't see eye to eye, then that's an issue. But if you can if you can start to create consent around things that you are willing to do, okay? Whether it be through role play or with another person physically, maybe maybe you just want to kind of get horny with a third person, you know? And you say that that penetration is off the table or oral sex is off the table, whatever it might be, right? But it's about communicating and creating consent and creating space for each other's emotions because this mm-hmm. stuff is triggering. Yeah. And I think that brings us to um, the aftercare piece, which I think is really important. So the post fantasy, either sharing or even more intense, exploring it aftercare, you know, how do we tend to ourselves and our partners or each other or the relationship or maybe multiple partners? um, What can it look like after we either just verbally share or we actually start to explore the fantasies? So I'll, I'll share with you just the way that I, we ended our, um, you know, role play fantasy of me being another woman and my husband fucking this other woman. And I was pretending. And at the very end, he said, wow, I really loved fucking you. 
And I looked at him and I was just like, just remember who you actually fucked. <laughs> just remember. So, and, and we've actually talked about it a number of times. We talked about it just the other day when we were on the beach and he was like, you know, it's so interesting. You know, I brought this to him. It's not like he told me this was a fantasy of his, but I kind of picked up on this connection and decided like, let's play with it because I don't, I don't think it's healthy for him to be repressing these emotions. It's not something that he, he told me, he's like, it's not like I think about this on a regular basis. It's not like I'm thinking about her or anything like that. But since you brought it up, it made me realize that, that, yeah, it's like, you actually made this fantasy of mine come true. And I was like, wow, you know, we've been married for 14 years and I'm still making your fantasies come true. How amazing is that? And it was just from me connecting to my own intuition about both what I wanted, like I, I, you know, like I said, this is a fantasy of mine, but also what he wants. Even if he didn't vocalize that to me, it was just kind of this innate feeling that I would rather him express that as opposed to repress it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, other ways that you can, you know, yeah, it's just talking about it. It's just talking about how it made us feel. So once you finish this role play, you can say, well, how, how was it for you? You know, how did it make you feel? Was there a trigger there for you? Was there something that you didn't like? Was there parts that you really liked? So it's just being open about it. Yeah. And I feel like uh, so that conversation itself can be sexy. Like, you know, the, the conversation about like, so how was that? And then you're kind of like doing a recap. I mean, as long, of course, if there was like some parts where you're like, that was terrible, then that might, that then there's repair there. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I would imagine, I feel, I don't, I don't know if I've done that after sharing fantasies before I've done that after doing an actual exploration um, of like some threesome stuff and, and with sex positive people where we were able to sit down and be like, you know, how did that feel for everyone? Um, and I think that in that in itself can be a little bit like, Oh, this mm. is like fun. We're kind of like reliving some of the things. So yeah. Um, communication is such a big part of yeah. sexuality. It really is. And it's kind of Huge. a pain in the ass one too, because if you just want to like dip out, but if you want to be like a good partner and and or and lover be, and or lover or be, i mean part i think a partner even if it's just a one night stand right yeah. you're still with a partner that you're being intimate with so it's like communication is key and it's kind of like phrasing things in a way that can be accepted right not like you did this wrong or you something right. you know i i so having well, well, you with, could from, say when you did place. this it made me feel this Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I I felt this. Yeah. And I think that's an, an opportunity to talk about like, you know, feelings and, you know, we're big advocates for like, you don't necessarily make me feel like because I'm responsible for how I feel over here. And but I was triggered when this happened. Yeah. I want to explore that. More. I felt this though. This right. happened. The, the truth is when this happened, I felt you yeah. know, sad, anxious, yeah. like I'm not lovable, like I'm not important, or I felt fucking amazing yeah. on top of the or, world. Yeah, you made me feel fucking amazing. That's yeah. when you made yeah, me yeah. feel. You can make come me feel yeah. damn <laughs> yeah. like a natural woman. <laughs> had woman. To. I had to do <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, nice. Oh, wow. You have a band now. Ooh. <laughs> this is so fun. Oh, yeah, man. communication is so, so important when it comes to sexuality. And actually, when I work with couples and with women, that's one of the most basic tools that I work with is how to communicate about our emotions. Because if you're not able to communicate about your desires, if you're not able to identify what it is you feel, then you're not going to feel safe in really any sexual encounter. Because you're constantly going to feel like somebody is going to step on your boundaries or do something that you don't really want them to do, but maybe you you don't even know 
what you want and what you don't want. So you need to start exploring what you feel. And then of course, communicating what you feel to your partner and through creating that consent. So through communicating, of course, about our emotions and then creating consent, we can actually surrender into some really erotic uh, sexual encounters. So if you can't surrender, you're just going to be tense and that's going to prevent really any sort of peak sexual experience. Yeah. I'm so happy that we got to talk about this with you because we've had other shows on fantasies, but we haven't gone in depth really um, to this level. And I think this is important because it really does apply to almost every single human out there. Sometimes you don't even know that you have a fantasy hiding deep within you somewhere Mm -hmm. until you start thinking about it. And then it's like Pandora's box can open up and you can really have fun with it. And get awkward, get weird, or try out the accent or the weird <laughs> costume, whether it's Batman or, or Robin or pizza Cat. Guy, the pizza human, pizza human, <laughs> um, with a big old dildo in there or a small dildo. Cause we like those two. Exactly. So in you, I know you do what you, as you mentioned, you work with couples and you work with uh, vulva owners out there. Um, you also have a podcast. So if folks want to find you, please tell them where they can find you yeah. and how they can work with you. Yeah. So one way to find me is just to check out my website, which is divinecouples.com. I'm actually launching a online course for women on January 11th. Uh, It's really a deep dive. It's a three month course. So if women are interested in learning about that, you can check it out on my website. Uh, You can email me at info at divinecouples.com. So there's, there are a couple of ways to get in touch with me. My podcast is also Divine Couples. So that's Easy. the best that's way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And check out your, your work is really cool. And we, we, um, had you on the last time. I don't know. Was it like before the pandemic during the it's pandemic? A while ago. It was a while ago, but, yeah. um, this, this topic is super juicy and, and, and fun. I think people are going to love it. Um, so thank you, Naomi. Thank you. Um, I adore you. And I adore you guys. You're amazing. Yeah. I love your work. Send Thank my so love much. to everyone in Israel that I know <laughs> I will. Uh, because I Don't love say names, Israel. but we love you. We love <laughs> you. We love you. <laughs> um, so uh, to all of our beautiful shameless sex listeners, we call you the shameless sex revolutionaries. At least I do. I don't know if Amy does, but I do. I do. And I love you. And don't go yet, though. Don't go yet. No, uh, because we have a really juicy trailer from uh, a (laughs) podcast that's in our network that we're so excited about cocktails and dirty discussions they were actually on our show number 187 about anal sex fuck boys and sex stories and it was in our top 10 episodes it still is is yeah uh, most downloaded episodes to this day so uh they are hilarious and they get down with some cocktails and some dirty discussions they actually talk about the cocktail they're drinking they give you the recipe for the cocktail that they're drinking and then they talk about sex and it's awesome yeah Yeah. but here's the trailer to oh no the trailer's gonna start in a minute right we're gonna start in one second but i want to say can we call it teaser now when we say like a trailer i just think of like it's i think of a movie trailer trailer's gonna be sex Ooh, here's the movie trailer Well, yeah, no, I guess we can call it a teaser, a sizzler. Ooh, a sizzler. sizzler. Now I think of the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, before we get to the tri- the sizzler, uh, I'm just going to invite you to review us on Spotify, review us on iTunes. It helps more people find folks like Naomi and all the wonderful educators and practitioners and other podcasters that we have on the show. And this is a free resource and it's free because of our sponsors who we hand select. We are so choosy about who we work with. We say no to a lot of people because we believe in the products that our sponsors have or make. So buy their shit, man. Buy their stuff. Amy hates when I say buy their shit, but it's... You can buy their shit. It's great shit. shit. Yeah. 
that's good stuff. <laughs> and that is why this podcast is free to you. So uh, because of them. And with that note there too, everyone. Uh, so we are part of a wonderful podcast network, the Pleasure Podcast Network. And that's where this Sizzler trailer teaser is from. I don't even know how many podcasts we have in it, but they're all sex positive. They're fantastic. Uh, we have like almost... I think maybe 15 now or 16. Well, and just like we hand select our sponsors, our, these are hand selected or I guess not hand selected, but, you know, personally selected, curated. That's a good word. Um, podcast to be a part of this network. So check out all the podcasts in the Pleasure Podcast Network. And without further ado, shall we dive in, Chip? Yeah. Here we go. What's up, you guys? We are Cocktails or Discussions. I'm Kiki Said So. And I am Medina Monroe. And if you love talking about dating in today's world, all the things in between, check out our show. Yeah, take a listen to one of our favorite episodes. Mm. Everybody <laughs> fluid for real. Everybody just going with the flow, goddamn. Yes, Some women know. can't call themselves fluid if you try not to eat pussy. No you way. talking about, well, I don't eat pussy. But you scared of a little fluid. Don't be a little scared of fluid now what if you fluid. My yeah. fluid tastes good. If you have been dating someone for six years, and you find out that your boyfriend of six years is your brother. Like, full, both same parents. It's going to be weird if they do stop. They had family reunions and you looking at it like, damn, I know my sister got good pussy. <laughs> I'm going to stay. Check out new episodes of Cocktails Dirty Discussions every Thursday on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. 